of the one who loves us, even when we don't love ourselves. Amen. Well, you made it. Congratulations. Many of you had to go through a whole obstacle course of barking dogs and meowing cats to get here. You made it through the staging of the Pride Parade, and so you made it. And I'm really glad that you're here. Today's gospel reading is one of those stories that shows up in picture Bibles and is taught in Sunday school classes all across Christendom. The story shows up frequently when it comes to teaching children because it's kind of like a Grimm Brothers fairy tale. They're ten sick people, they're walking around in the desert, when suddenly they find a miracle worker. They approach him and they say the secret code, have mercy on me, and Jesus magically makes them all better. But then... In that classic fairy tale twist, there's always a moral lesson here, right? Only one of the ten remembers to say thank you, and so she gets something special, candy. Well, you know, she gets to be made whole. The Sunday teachers often conclude this lesson by saying, So, boys and girls, when someone does something nice for you, Remember to always say thank you. Now, y'all, let's be clear. This is a perfectly fine way to teach three-year-olds how to have good manners. But let's be real. Jesus' stories are never quite that simple. In honor of pride, I'll share a coming-out story. The story, I'll begin with this disclaimer, though, to say that this story was shared to me by a member here at All Saints, and he gave me permission to tell it to you all. And I'll acknowledge that it's a hard story to hear, but just hold on, okay? So my friend Brad, a member here at All Saints, at age 16, just some seven years ago, He mustered up all of his courage to tell his uncle, the only adult in his life that he trusted, that he was gay. His uncle's response was as if it came straight out of a P-flag brochure. He immediately assured him that no matter what, no matter who Brad loved, male or female, red or polka dot, his uncle would always love him and welcome him into his home. And then he asked Brad to go for a ride with him so that they could talk some more. After driving several miles into the country, Brad's uncle stopped the truck at a clearing. Before he even got out, Brad could see her. She was lynched hanging from a tree over a picnic table. Forcing himself to look more closely, he read the word queer written across her chest. His uncle turned to him and said, Son, you can be gay in my house. 
but please don't be gay in the community because you'll end up either miserable, on drugs, or like her. And so believing his uncle Brad stayed in the closet, he didn't want to be addicted to drugs and miserable, and he certainly didn't want to end up like her. But then he moved here, to Atlanta. And just like I did at my first Pride Parade, he walked that entire route weeping, weeping in all that so many people were cool. No, they weren't just cool. They were proud to be gay and to be allies. And after the parade, Brad found All Saints. He found this place and met the galas, gays and lesbians who weren't miserable. But instead, they were happy and in healthy relationships. The gays and lesbians here at All Saints were safe and supported within this community, and they welcomed him in, too. And so, my friends, it was here, here at All Saints, when Brad finally understood that his life was possible. He could indeed be the person that God created him to be and have community. And it was also through All Saints loving on him that Brad finally felt the love of God. You see, my friends, that's what Jesus does for the lepers. And he does it for all ten of them. He gives them the gift of community. After having spent years ostracized, from their community, cast out, years of being forced to announce their presence by saying, unclean, unclean. The lepers encountered Jesus, and he has mercy on them. As the scales fell from their faces, they ran towards their community, knowing that them, life was now possible. My friends in Christ, this is what we're called to do. We are called to give hope to people who have been cast out. We're called to surround them with community. And that's what we're supposed to do for each other as well. As each of us carries our own grief and sorrow, as we individually wrestle with the burdens of self-doubt, disappointment, and fear, it is here, here as a church, that we receive hope from community. It is here that we know that our lives, no matter our class or race or sexuality, no matter how broken we may feel, it is here in the body of Christ that we know that our lives are possible. We can be exactly who God created us to be. And I'm clear, my friends, that in loving each other, that is how we also experience the love of God. So the invitation for us this morning is to simply be like Jesus. To do the work of restoring people back into community. To find those who are on the margins, the outcasts. Perhaps it may be the black sheep in your family. To call them in. 
to restore them to community through our prayers and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help them to know that with us in Christ, our lives are possible. We can be the people that God has created us to do be. My friends, we are called this day to create spaces where people can come in and be surrounded in safety and in love and communities that welcome them, all of us, as children of God, so that we all can ultimately know and feel God's love. Amen.